Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today members exclusive podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 24th of July and as always with all the information in this podcast it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well, let's kick things off, as always, with a little bit of a roundup of what's happening in the market. It is coming up to 11.30, and currently the index is down 0.7 points, or 0.01%, which doesn't sound a lot. But we did hit a high of 73.33, which is around 20 points above where it is now. 73.14 is the index. So a little bit of early enthusiasm in that spy pointing to a positive open has evaporated as the day has worn on. The problem being, once again, that we are seeing uh, a slight bifurcation in the market. We have seen banks doing relatively well this morning, but once again, it is resources very much on the nose, and nowhere more so than in the lithium space, which is taking a little bit of a beating today, to say the least. We've got BHP and Rio down around half a percent, Fortescue a similar amount, banks holding pretty steady, in fact, are pretty much unchanged, although the insurers slightly better at the moment. We also have REIT slightly better, Goodman Group up 0.3 and Vicinity up 1.7. Woodside and Santos in the energy space doing better as well today. Woodside up 1.2%, Santos up 1.7% and Whitehaven Coal doing better as well up 1.7%. Looking at the tech space, a little bit mixed. Wise Tech Global continuing to push up 1.4% higher, but zero. 1.2% down. But as I said, it is really the resource space which is taking a little bit of a beating today. And we have got that very much in evidence in the lithium space with some of the big losers today, including Core Lithium down 11.5%. Latin Resources, no Samba for them today, down 10%. 22 million shares traded as well there. Core Lithium, 28 million shares traded. Ioneer also down 6.1%. We're seeing also losses today in Pilbara, which is down at 3.4%. And Alchem, which this morning gave out an update on the Livent uh, merger, that's down 4.4%. And we are seeing lithium prices continuing to slip slide away in Chinese trade. So that is really dominating uh, the downside at the moment today, uh, very much so. Mineral resources also uh, down around 0.7%, not so bad as Pilbara. We are waiting for those Pilbara production numbers, I think, are supposed to be due today. The likes of uh, Patriot Battery Metals as well, down 5.9%. Sayona, down 5.9% as well. So really no good news in that lithium sector. Azure Minerals, 6.1% down as well. But of course, it is a Monday and there's very little else on the corporate front out at the moment. We have seen Austal go into a trading halt pending a potential earnings downgrade. Uh, Dejerawa Investments has come out this morning, increased its final dividend to 7.75 cents. Fully frank, that's up 10.7% on the full on the prior year. And Dejerawa is, of course, an LIC. Posted a total return of 14.4, uh, 14.2% for 2023, which out underperformed rather, the S&P ASX 200 accumulation index return, including franking of 16.6%. 
So that is something to bear in mind. Also, we're seeing some pressure today on South 32. It flagged a $1.3 billion non-cash impairment. I love the way they're non-cash, but it's still a $1.3 billion hit for its Arizona-based zinc, lead, silver, sulfite deposit in the FY23 results. Uh, Rio eased slightly as this morning. It has entered a joint venture agreement with metal management business Giampaolo Group. And Pact, as well, has extended its contract to own, operate, wash and store a crate pool for Woolies. So that is almost all of the uh, news this morning in terms of uh, corporate news. Turning to the core lithium announcement this morning in a little more detail, uh, we did get that quarterly production number coming out. Production of 14,685 tonnes for the quarter. FY23, 18,274 tonnes at a C1 unit cost of $902 per tonne. Uh, the maiden 5,500 tonne spodumene concentrate shipment in April and a second shipment of 13,100 tonnes shipment in early July. Uh, the total finished mineral resource increased 62% to 30.6 million tonnes at 1.3% lithium oxide. Cash balance $152 million and no debt. But uh, when you look to the outlook for FY25, expecting monthly mining and processing rates to be above FY24 while the company continues to mine the grant's open pit. However, this is the however, overall production in 2025 is expected to be below FY24 due to anticipated three-month gap in ore supply from the mine and capacity restraints result in the ROMPAD stockpile building at the conclusion of FY25. So not particularly good news there and the stock has fallen and of course in the backdrop of lower lithium prices we saw last week in Asia that fall has continued in other stocks in the sector. As far as uh, our stuff goes today in the newsletter uh, just in the strategy piece nothing very much uh, very much an innocent bystander at the moment in terms of the market we do have the CPI due for our economy on Wednesday and of course that's going to be the primary piece in the jigsaw puzzle as we head into the RBA meeting in August. Of course this will be one of Phil Lowe's last RBA meetings so it's going to be interesting to see how this one pans out but very much based on that CPI number which we are expecting again another easing in the CPI and that would certainly strengthen the case for the RBA to be on pause Of course, this week as well, we get more central bank news coming out of the Federal Reserve in terms of their rate decision. It is almost a dead set cert that they will raise rates this time round, but the chances of raising rates on the next meeting are around 25%. So this could be one more and done more. This could be one and done for the Federal Reserve. Also this week, we do get Uh, Some tech company reports as well, so they will be very important, Microsoft being one of those. And we do get Macquarie's AGM as well uh, coming in this week too in our market. Macquarie currently unchanged at the moment. So as far as the strategy portfolio goes, I did sell out of the NASDAQ um, ETF last week, rightly or wrongly. At the moment, it looks kind of rightly, um, although um, not much in it, to be honest. Uh, That uh, ETF down 0.25% this morning. And we still hold the um, 
S&P 500 ETF. So that is um, that is um, our current only position really in the strategy portfolio. Nothing in the ideas portfolio either, and nothing in the one stop portfolios. We did look last week at Macquarie in terms of putting it in, but I decided to wait until after the AGM to make that decision. Macquarie not doing very much. They had a bit of a fall on Friday, so that looks like um, that looks like the way of things at the moment. Happy to stand aside again, innocent bystander. Another look as well in the strategy portfolio about what's going to happen in earnings season. Of course, we're coming into the killing season. We've had confession season, although there's still, I suspect, a few more out there before we really get into the meat and bones of reporting season. But certainly one thing that will be interesting to see in reporting season is how companies have been able to push margins higher and whether there's any pushback in those margins. Some companies do have that pricing power uh, in the face of inflation. I seem to remember last time BHP put out their numbers. They talked about inflationary pressures within BHP around 12%. Obviously, BHP is a price taker rather than to some extent a price maker in that it has to take what the commodity markets are saying it must take for its commodities. Of course, there are ways to influence those commodity prices, not least of which could be uh, cutbacks to supply in iron ore, which would uh, obviously... Uh, push prices a little higher perhaps and we've seen some weather events in Pilbara also affecting that but BHP and other miners very much price takers it'll be interesting to see how the price makers do in the reporting season certainly some caution out there is probably going to be justified don't forget uh, the three-day kind of effect in terms of reportings where you tend to get the first day reaction on the back of the algos and the computers driving things on the back of keywords perhaps in that uh, in those reports then we get that followed up the following day by the analyst comments which can sometimes be a little bit more in-depth logical and also sometimes can reverse those initial uh, movements but um, in general they do tend to follow and then of course the fallout the following day from the analyst downgrades or upgrades so you t- kind of get three days where the market needs to wash through those results. So uh, just don't forget the three-day rule. Of course, it's probably impossible when you're investing in the market to avoid the landmines altogether. The question is, I guess, is how you deal with the landmines and what happens afterwards. Sometimes stops and trailing stops are of no use because of the gapping risk that we see in stocks, unlike FX and uh, other markets, perhaps like Bitcoin and other cryptos, where they continuously trade. The problem with ASX stocks and other stocks, of course, is that they close and then reopen on a completely different basis. So sometimes stops are not always that useful as they cannot be triggered uh, during those uh, trading halts. So looking at uh, results season, uh, Shane Oliver is saying that aggregate earnings growth across the ASX 200 had slowed to around 2% for the 22-23 financial year, down from 22.5% in 21-22. Don't forget, of course, 21-22 was the bounce-back year after COVID. He's saying conditions will remain mixed. Retailers be potentially very cautious. Commonwealth Bank, also, they are updating the market as well. That will give us a good guide to how the economy is faring, certainly at the moment. Uh, the banking chiefs seem to be relatively, and I say relatively, relaxed or at least alert but not alarmed in terms of loan stress. 
Well, we have seen the pricing power of some of the building material companies. CLSA have upgraded uh, some of those today. Not massive upgrades, but Borrell, CSR and even James Hardy have been able to raise prices, raise margins without too much effort. Uh, the same applies for Zero. And talking of Zero, I launched my Henry's Takedown this morning. Now, this, just to be clear, is not a short seller's research report. This is not a reason uh, to be shorting aggressively some of these, but it really is just pointing out, I guess, some of the group think around some of the companies that we have in terms of their valuations and how sometimes those valuations can get a little bit stretched. Uh, plenty of uh, technical analysis done on stocks. Sometimes, though, that technical analysis does not take into account the actual fundamentals or the valuation of a stock and just takes into account the momentum. Clearly, zero has been on a roll. Uh, Marcus, back uh, some months ago, uh, wrote that it was one of the cheapest tech stocks on the ASX. And it is one of the few tech stocks on the ASX, to be honest. Uh, WiseTech and Zero tend to lead the charge. WiseTech have been hitting all-time highs. Zero have rallied from around 60 bucks to 120 bucks, um, And basically, on two factors, one was back in... Um, the results back in February and then the update in May have really helped with the new CEO uh, very much pushing the company towards more focused growth rather than growth at any cost. But what is apparent from the numbers and the results that we have seen is that Australia, New Zealand and the UK remain their biggest, biggest markets. And despite the fact that for some years, Zero have been trying to break into that US market. They still don't seem to be making much of a dent in that market. And it has come at a cost. They have talked about job cuts. They have talked about how they are focusing on reducing those costs generally. And obviously that is paying off. And they have been able to stick the margin and price rises to customers. I think they put up prices by around 13% in Australia and 9% in New Zealand. And it, they, because they have very stickiness in their product and very little churn, once you're in, you're in, and it tends to become almost um, viral. You become a, uh, a big proponent of zero software. But once you're in, you're in. That churn rate is very low, which is very good. But I guess in some respects, there's only so much the market can bear. You can't rely on price rises alone. And the cost of acquisition of customers does remain of a concern to some brokers. There are some brokers that have Audminet being the one, has a very, very low price target on this of $75, whereas others like Morgan Stanley have a price target around $120, $125. So clearly, that is what makes a market to some extent, but also it does mean that you have to be a little bit careful because there is that divergence in opinion. Uh, results not due this time out. We don't have August results for uh, zero. They are on a different cycle um, to the rest of the ASX, mainly because they are a New Zealand stock as opposed to an Australian stock to some extent. But um, certainly you have to be a little bit um, careful because we do get AGM numbers. Well, I guess we'll get an AGM update on the 17th of August. So just something to bear in mind, as I say, this is not a short seller's report. This is not an invitation to short this aggressively or even sell this aggressively. But what I'm trying to point out 
with an $18.5 billion market cap, the PE off the scale, the run that it's had, the, uh, the really good results we've had from members who have bought this in the 60s and 70s, now you're looking at $121 um, because of the concentration, I guess, some, to some extent, of tech stocks here. We don't have that depth. CPU, computer share, is considered our biggest tech stock in the all-tech index. Now, I don't know about you, but I certainly wouldn't consider computer share a tech stock. I always consider computer share a share registry with a terrible, terrible helpline. But uh, the market, for its own benefits, does consider computer share a big tech stock. So just be aware that uh, zero, $18.5 billion market cap has run hard. Marcus did a stock take on it a little while ago, back at the beginning of June, with the title Long-Term Interesting Short-Term Sell. That was at 106 bucks. It's now $121. So if anything, that has been bolstered in terms of the short-term sell. What is interesting as well is that there is very little shorts in zero, only 1.3 million shares short, 0.9 of a percent. There's also quite a lack of directors with skin in the game, with the exception of Rod Jury, who actually started the business. He is retiring at the AGM. He founded the company back in 2006. So um, a well-earned retirement there for Rod. He has 6.56% of the company. Um, and I'm sure the new CEO has a bunch of options as well, but not showing up on the share registry as yet. Finally, just the US check-ins as usual in my Henry's take. The fear and greed index still in extreme greed. Uh, we've got the crypto fear and greed at around neutral. And the A. The Atlanta Fed GDP now real estate estimate for um, real estimate for 2023 Q2 still looking pretty good. I have to say the soft landing and the Goldilocks scenario does look as if it's starting to play in. Um, the GDP now 2.4% on July 19, unchanged from July 18 after rounding. So not a lot of change there, but it does seem as if at the moment Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell is managing to land that F-18 on the aircraft carrier. We're still a long way out, and of course there's lots of bumps and slips and undercurrents there at play, but uh, certainly at the moment he is on a nice trajectory to land the U.S. economy. Inflation is easing, unemployment is steady at very, very low levels, so the jobs market's still very tight, but uh, certainly it looks as if rate rises we are pretty close to the end of those rate rises, which is a good thing. Well, that's it from me today. Hope you've got something out of this members podcast. It's uh, now quarter to 12. The market is up one point and nothing has changed. Currently, we've got Dow futures down around 40 points and NASDAQ futures. Have a great rest of the day. I will be talking to Peter Harold from Poseidon Nickel at 2.15 this afternoon and also on Osby's at 10 to 2, just a quick catch up there with Andrew Gagan. Apart from that, we'll be back again this afternoon with end of day. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>